everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, go through the Silver Age comic book, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, with my teenage daughter. Hello, I'm Rowland. And together we read and read. Sure. We read the books and we read life. Books, plural? I don't know. The comics. The comics books. Plural? We only read the one. So, this is number 79? Yep. So, and we've already recorded it, but just to give you a heads up, uh, we have a special guest on issue um, uh, issue 80 for issue 80. Uh, a gentleman named Will Hines, a comedian who has a con- who also has a podcast called Screw It, Let's Talk About Comics. And. And what? Two. Oh, right. And Screw It, Let's Talk About the Beatles. Both of which tie to, together to this week very nicely. Well, the comics one is just kind of a constant. Right. But in addition to the comics one, there's also an, an, an additional thing going on. Uh, yeah, he also does a podcast called Screw It, Let's Talk About the Beatles, and um, this week's issue actually connects to that very nicely, even though uh, he's not actually here for this one, he's for the next one, which is also a really good issue. It's interesting. Alright. So, also, awesome. I, haven't, I haven't really addressed this at all since, you know, uh, at all on the podcast, but, you know, I'm sure... That a number of our fans uh, are, must be aware of this, and that is that right now, as we speak, DC Comics has decided to print a twelve-issue maxi series of both Lois Lane, which they just call Lois Lane. They don't use the moniker of Superman's girlfriend. Thank God. But also, they do. They, however, they do use Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Because uh, so, they gave him the perfect modern day job. Yes, in in just the, the the to give you sort of an overview, he still works for the Daily Planet. However, he I, is a uh, he is a YouTube. He runs their YouTube channel, and so he has wacky adventures that, of course are then involved with YouTube and captured and displayed to, and they, of course he gets billions and billions of views. And so right now we're at issue two and so far it's been pretty good. They're, you know, they're, they're giving it a modern sensibility in that they're not doing three sort of small vignettes. They're doing a whole series they're breaking it up into weird, weird sections, but it's one story per right. comic. Right. It's, well, it seems to be one story that's continuing to be told over and over again. Not over and over again, but like that, a continuing story that I think is probably going to be over all 12 comics instead of, you know... Three stories in one. Right. So, if, it's, if, you, if you didn't know, now you know. And I would say give it a go. Yeah. I would say give it a go. What have you got to lose? Right. So, we should probably start. Yeah, we're about to start. We're going to start right now. Uh, We'll start as we always start with the cover. And we are at Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, issue number 79. Issue number 20, that would be bad. Um, Issue number 79. 
and we are in September of 1964, and on the cover of this, it is a, you know, we see Superman flying in an ancient, uh, looks almost, in an, in sort of an ancient culture, it looks like a Middle Eastern culture of some kind, yeah. and Jimmy is, uh, cut his hair in a beetle wig. He has a toga, green shirt, and he's playing basically a shofar. What? Uh, a shofar is a, um, it is blown on the Jewish New Year. Okay. And it's a horn that is made out of a horn. Okay. So it looks like he is blowing a shofar and beating a bongo drum as there is a... Not even a bongo drum. Like, half of a small bucket with a goat skin and strapped to it. below him is a, a throng of screaming girls all saying, Yeah, 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 yeah! Also all in beetle wigs. Right. And so Superman is saying, Great Krypton! Jimmy has started a beetle craze here in the ancient past! He's become as popular as Ringo! Um, I just would like to say at this time that, um, Ringo really wasn't the most popular Beatle. No. <laughs> it was John and Paul. They yeah. were really the brains behind it. Ringo was just sort of, well, at least at the time, perceived to be just sort of along for the ride. I mean, that also kind of does describe Jimmy, though. It's true. But also, um, but also I think it's just that, you know, although he may not have been the most popular Beatle... He definitely had the best name. Yes. Ringo Starr is a great name. Yes. Yes. Okay, so, we... And it's, yes, featuring the red-headed beetle of 1000 BC. So can I bring it up now? Sure. Okay, so have the beetles just now, like, overnight gotten super popular? I looked this up. Yeah. I believe the beetles... Land in New York, or the um, the Ed Sullivan Show performance, which is kind of the thing that sort of put them on the map. Okay. Um, and was a huge, huge, huge sensation was February 1964. So they've just now showed up. Right. Like so, a couple months ago. Right. So they're just playing. This is basically a lot like when they brought in Ed Kooky Burns with the Combs. Oh, that dude. And, like, every once in a while, they... And this is another example of old dudes trying to portray a young, like, what the heck kids are about. They're trying to be hip with the kids. Right. It's failing. And so, this is sort of, yes, it's sort of, like, washed through the lens of being a middle-aged dude. Yep. So, okay, so then, we so, it doesn't look like there are a lot of... Uh, ads in this, it's they seem to be fewer and fewer ads. I guess the guy who's scanning it got more and more lazy. Yeah. But we brings us to our first story. Would you like to read the first story? Sure. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up now, she is drinking her glass of water. She is uh, dressed in a. Smart green headkerchief. We don't need to describe what I'm wearing. Uh, she is getting ready to 
uh, let us all know what happens in the first story of issue 79, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, September 1964. Here she is. You love her. You listen to her. You... Everyone knows of Jimmy Olsen's off-again, on-again romance with Lucy Lane. For years, Lucy has tormented Jimmy, playing hard to get. But one day, the tables are turned. Out of the forgotten past comes a beautiful, wealthy heiress who has worshipped Jimmy since his school days. Heartbroken, Lucy watches helplessly as the cup reporter becomes the pampered darling of Jimmy's forgotten girlfriend. This isn't the first time that Lucy has been kind of cast by the wayside. Yes, well, this is this does this is uh, one of those standard plots where Lucy kind of gives hers, but doesn't really. Where so there's this woman who is holding on to Jimmy, like you know, you can tell she is a in a she's, very absurd and uncomfortable looking way. Yeah, she's she hasn't been like a reverse headlock, but in a romantic way. And she's saying, Jimmy, sweetheart, just think, when we're married, my fortune will be yours. You'll own this luxurious estate, an ocean-going yacht, racehorses. You'll have everything your heart desires. And then Jimmy's saying, relax, Jeanette, dear. I know you love me, but try to control your emotions. Is Jimmy wearing riding pants? Yes, he is wearing joppers and riding boots. And basically he's wearing uh, a rich dude outfit. You know, yes, he's wearing one of the accepted, you know, it's either this or uh, some kind of yachting outfit. He's got what I assume if it were in actuality would be like a red velvet jacket thing. Exactly. A blue cravat thingamajig or uh, what's it called? What's the other word? Ascot. Yes, it's more of an ascot than a cravat. I don't know. I I do. Okay. So trust me. It's been a while since I've reviewed historical men's fashion. Um. So yeah, he is he is wearing one of the uh, one of the rich dudes at one of the snooty rich dudes outfits. Yep. This is like his casual one that he goes when he's riding one of his polo ponies or palopanies. Nope. <laughs> Why? Why not? Um, okay, but in the background we see Lucy, and Lucy says, Groan, that gorgeous doll has turned Jimmy's head with her beauty and wealth. Oh, why did I reject him all these years? Because you don't like him. It would seem that way. So, okay, so it starts off, Jimmy gets an invitation to the wealthy clubber estate. And he goes to take Lucy, and she's like, she will be impressed to see me mingle with the upper crust. And then they get there, and she's like... How is it How is it possible that you got invited to this? There must be something wrong. Basically amounting to, are you sure there's not another Jimmy Olsen right. in Metropolis? Right. There is no way, shape, or form that you are fancy, not in a million years, so why is it? That anybody thinks that you're somebody that would want, that would fit in at this party. You know, basically it's, uh, you know, in the slobs versus snobs, uh, Jimmy is firmly in the slob camp. He pretty much is, though. It's true. Uh, So, but he gets there, and then a woman shows up, a beautiful woman says, Jimmy Olsen, I'm so glad you came. How wonderful to see you again. You're just as handsome as ever. Okay, so what we find out is that 
that this soiree is being thrown by Jeanette Clubber, who went to school with Jimmy in his into in Mapleton, I guess. And so uh, another piece of the Jimmy puzzle is he did go to school, right? He did go to school, and apparently. It's in Mapleton. Where Mapleton is, we we don't don't know. know. I'm going to guess that it is somewhere near uh, Metropolis. I'm going to say somewhere in Vermont. Sure, why not? Because Maple. Okay. Maple's all over the place. I know. But those Uh, people aren't very imaginative with their names. So, um... They were named a large city metropolis and a small farm town, Smallville. It's true. So, but you find out that Jimmy was, um, that, that when, uh, Jeanette Clever was young, she was, uh, a heftier woman. She was a hefty girl. She was a larger child. And, um, he would torment her mercilessly. Like, absolutely awfully. And, um, her, him and a guy named Melvin Shrike. It's a gross name. So... And, uh, you know, so, and she was what they referred to as a fatso. It's very, uh... That's so mean. It is. It's super mean. And so he was kind of, so he was really, really mean to her, you but... You couldn't even have, like, basic human decency? Like, that's... Uh, I just... So, and so in that time, uh, Jeanette's uncle discovered a gold mine in Wyoming and left him left her the fortune. So she has been this like rich woman who goes to the country's finest finest charm school and she got put on a diet. Right. And she got so she went on a diet and got really, really small small much smaller and beautiful. And so of course because now she's beautiful, Jimmy is now interested in her and says, you know, I look I I was so mean to you. How? What can I do to make you forgive me? And so she kisses him right in front of uh, right in front of Lucy. To be fair, I'm sure she didn't know they were dating. It probably looked like Jimmy had just like randomly approached her at a party, and she was not having it. Maybe. So uh, Jeanette starts like falling all over this guy, falling all over Jimmy. And when it gets to the point where he's ready to go, she's like, no, don't go. Stay here. You know, I'll... I'll so she's like, you, you can have the entire West Wing. So she gives him... And an, then she said, we can find a guest room for Lucy, I'm sure. Right. So, so basically, she rolls out the red carpet for him. And she, he's like, I don't understand what's going on. So the next day he wakes up and uh, the butler shows up. The butler shows up with a robe and says his bath is ready and it's embroidered with jewels and and his initials. Right. And so they had they it then says that that her that he is a, an entire wardrobe sewn up for him. Since last night. Full of rich person's clothes. That's... It takes time to sew garments. It's true. And to have them fit properly. It's not magic. And, you know, it does look horrible. So, 
we find out, so she like has like a bunch of mementos and she has her old yearbook with a picture of her in it. And Jimmy just, still, he doesn't understand. He's like, how can you like me when I was so awful to you? So he's just feeling like worse. And she pulls and out mementos from high school. Right. And uh, he was on the yearbook editing staff. And pull, he pulls out, she pulls out a hat and a bow tie. So, of course, we all know that that's totally legit. And. And then, oh my god. Right. So, also, like, he was the editor of the high school yearbook and wrote a horrible rhyme next to the, her picture, which says, Here's a toast to Janine Clubber, how rich she'd be if gold were blubber. That's awful. He's an awful, awful, awful That's person. Absolutely awful. And um, so then you find out that she's got a secretary. Right. There's a, a secretary, Miss Strop. Yep. And and so Miss Strop tells her that she reminds her essentially that she has to get uh, some stuff out of the safe to donate to the children's charity and she's like oh yes would you please just excuse me for a moment and then uh, so she leaves Jimmy and Lucy alone and Jimmy's like wow wee she really likes me and Jimmy and Lucy's like you know this is a trick right? Right she's like there's no way that a gorgeous wealthy girl would throw herself at you I don't like it and he's like I'd like her if she was poor. She's a lovely girl. And anyone would forgive anyone who would forgive me after this, after all I did to her, must be a wonderful person. He's not wrong. It's true. You have to be extraordinarily forgiving to get over that. And so in the next moment, he then she then proposes to him. And they get on... Jenny proposes to Right, him. Jenny proposes... Jeanette pr- proposes to Jimmy. And they get on a plane, on a private airplane, and, and gives her a private jet plane to Jimmy. To, as a wedding As plane. a wedding gift. Alright, and so they get on the private plane, and then she's like, it's also a flying newsroom, and then Jimmy says, then I won't have to fly that beat-up planet helicopter anymore. I don't know what he thinks a beat-up helicopter is. Well, you know, I think he just, like, now, it's just, it's a thing where, like, it seems that once Jimmy, this has happened before, where once Jimmy kind of gets rich, he goes all in on being snooty. You know, there are some people, there's a a saying that says, uh, when you're rich... You show who you really are. And apparently... Jimmy's a bad person. Jimmy's an awful human being. Who obsessively likes... He bought himself an apartment and then converted one room into a Sunday bar. Right. It's true. So, he then gets... He starts to think about the idea of... Actually marrying her. Right. Of marrying her, but also saying, you know, now I have this private jet. Maybe I can get Lucy to work for me as a... Oh, yeah, and at this point, Lucy even makes a joke, like, as an airline hostess, this is probably the time when I should remind you guys to buckle your seatbelts before takeoff. But I think that might just be a PSA from the comic book writers. I think it probably is as well. So, they are heading to 
what does it say? Great, let's cruise over to... So they fly to Gotham City and Metropolis. And they fly by Superman. And he's like, oh, I, uh, you know, Superman would be my best man. Uh, and he then writes... He, but when he gets to the ground, he draws on the plane two hearts, both with J's in them. Because Jeanette and Jimmy... And she goes so far as to be like, if this is your way of proposing, I accept. Calm down. Right. How long have you known the dude? So then he has, you know, he's like, all right, well, we'll announce the engagement next week. And she's like, we must invite all of your friends. And so, so that, that all gets set. But, what we actually find out is indeed it's trick. It is trick that the uh, that the um, Miss Strop, the, uh, the 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 heavier secretary, is in fact the real G- Jenny Clever from Mapleton, and that this is all a ruse to get back at Jimmy. Right. That basically she's going to get you know Jimmy in front of this entire group of people. And he's going to propose and she's going to say, you know, basically... Beat it. Beat it. I hate you. Get out of here. So it's the next week and there is the party and the announcement comes. And Jimmy says, okay, it's time to make the announcement. And so he says... Then she says, ladies and gentlemen, I was hoping to announce our betrothal, but my fiancé, Jimmy, has called off the engagement choke. I guess I'm just not worthy of being his wife. Now, if you'll all excuse me. Um, and then Jimmy's like, what? What? And, and Jeanette's like, wait, I've been double-crossed. Wait, she's supposed to jilt Jimmy. No, no, instead Jimmy reject. No, what? This is hot, cold, God. <laughs> yep. And so what you find out is that Lucy was actually disguised as Jeanette. Well, not Jeanette. Well, disguised as the woman who was being Jeanette. Yes. And and then she pulls off her Mission Impossible mask to reveal it, and then the actual fake Jeanette shows up and is like, I'm, I'm actually Lisa, and uh, I was hired to publicly humiliate you. Right. And so, um, and she's like, and then she could, she, but, but basically Lucy saved her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you find out basically that she is been holding a grudge against her, against Jimmy for years. And then she remembered that Jenny Clover, Lucy remembers Jenny Clover because she was on one of her planes and she needed, she had, was having problems with the seatbelt. So she's like, oh, right. So then she figured it out. That's how she un. That's how she un um, untangled the entire thing, and uh, you know. So we find out. So basically, Jimmy gets nothing. This whole story is nothing. Correct. Like Jimmy gets no cup up comeuppance. You uh, uh, you know, Jeannie is still. Jenny. Jenny is still, or Jeanette is still like you know. She gets foiled. She doesn't get any kind of redemption. She, she, Jimmy doesn't get any comeuppance. She is still, um, you know, not not everybody kind of still knocks her because 
she's uh you know overweight and and snubby and a little psychotic now. Yep. Because at the very end, Jimmy's like, "Wow, you are the greatest," and she's like, "Yeah, I know. Remember that." Right. So of course, you know, Jimmy and Jimmy's like, you know, baby, you're the greatest. So then we have a long time, long time. Chewy, chewy, tootsie roll lasts a long time. So it is the chewy, the chewy, um, chewness. It's a tootsie roll ad. So then we have uh, a tricks ad. How's tricks? Well, worth digging for. So we see tricks, the rabbit, gozing after tricks, the corn cereal with the tangy taste of natural fruit, fruit colors too. And as we all know, tricks are for kids. And then that is still the motto. A kid swipes the tricks from Tricks the Rabbit. Can't they just give him No. Some of the No. Kids are mean. No. They should stop being mean to rabbits. But if it's like a gremlins thing where you can't feed it after midnight but with the rabbit it's you can't feed it tricks. Maybe? What if it's like Scrap the Squirrel with Ice Age? I don't I don't know. But he wants it. I know. It's not like he's like Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that guy. Sonny, the Cocoa Puff guy. So, um, then we see... Then there's a little, just a little, little blurb about how Jimmy Olsen has gone back in time before. Yep. And then the next day, next next page, uh, it is time for Palisades Amusement Park! Woo! Where you get a free ride on the Ansco Space Rocket and Crazy Crystals. And also, a special $1 subscription form, National Comics. For only you get eighteen is it eighteen? Or is it ten issues? Ten issues for one dollar. Regular bad. price a dollar twenty. Yeah, that is not bad at all. Do but you, you can get twenty issues that for two to the DC people, they would accept it. I don't think so. That would be my guess. But Where, what if I did and they did accept it? Well we could we could give it a go. I don't think that DC Comics is Department 384 575 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York 10022. I don't know, we could check. I know, I think for a while it was actually like 666 Madison Avenue in New York. I don't, maybe not Madison Avenue, but I know that at one point their, their address would involve a 666. <laughs> um, okay, then we have our next story Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Out of the unknown comes a menace, such as Earth has never seen, a crawling, creeping horde of weird creatures that threaten to destroy anyone who opposes them. Alone on a mid-ocean island, Jimmy and Lucy Lane face certain doom at the hands of the menace of Insect Island. And then we see Jimmy and Lucy, and they're being spread by some kind of ray by a bunch of ants, and Lucy says, Jimmy, gasp! Those Ant-Men are using a weird ray to lift us into the air. Call Superman. They may want to conquer Earth. And Jimmy's saying, I can't. He's away on a mission, and I have to battle those creatures myself. Or you could just, like, run away like a normal human. Maybe. All right. So, uh... Also, they act like mid-ocean island is, like, the furthest anyone can get from anyone ever and, like, is totally secluded, but, like... We... It's the ocean. Well, how did they get there in the first place, I guess, would be the question. So, it starts, uh, the film starts, Jimmy and Lucy are at a film preview where they say, 
where there's like a giant ant movie. And then Lucy's terrified to her core. Right. And so there's all these other bugs here and there, and you find out basically that Lucy is terrified of bugs. And they... So you find out that Lucy is terrified of bugs, and so they go back, they get on the the old beat-up flying newsroom. Oh my god. To go back to um, Metropolis, and on the way... Where are they? I don't know, but wherever they are, it's... What is it, like 30 minutes? Far enough to need a helicopter, apparently. It's a half-hour flight back to Metropolis. Then why didn't you just try? Right. So, in that time, Jimmy got stung by a bee. But apparently, it's not just a bee. It's the kind of bee that makes you groggy. So, this like slightly allergic. A super venomous bee. He might be slightly allergic. Well, if he's slightly allergic, wouldn't just his throat close up? He not get, like, groggy? That can also... Like... Lack of oxygen can make people tired. Well, I guess maybe. So, they, after takeoff, so apparently the venom has affected him to the point where they are now horribly off course. And out of gas. Right. And then after hours of flight, they land on an island. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I can't help myself. Some strange mental compulsion is forcing me to steer this way. What? He's uh, a strange force is, and then forces him to land on an island. That's a really lazy way to get someone from place to place. I, like well, storytelling. As I was going to say, it's a very, 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 very lazy plot device. Uh, they just didn't know. They're like, hey, let's just make him decide to go. Right. So you find out, eek. Ant-Men. So, the, that, um, these Ant-Men were controlling Jimmy's brain. I guess. It says, we were communicating with you telepathically through our antennae, where there's, um, a Vorax, a guy named Vorax, who's taking them to their headquarters, and is, like, now is, like, floating them to an anti- gravity ray and brings him to their civilization. But before that happens, Jimmy pricks his bee sting on a thorn. You really should be more careful with all of these wounds that you're getting. It's true. So then, we get to a laboratory where you find out that these ants were once human and an advanced civilization on a distant world. And one day, a scientist revealed a deep, uh, weird discovery that the extract from red and black ants will increase our intelligence, but drinking them will turn into a race of ant men. And of course, everyone at the university laughs at him. Because who wants to be an ant man? Right. So then he pours the extracts into the canal which watered the planet and turned everybody into a series of black and red ants. That is pretty awful. And since they were natural enemies, war swept the planet. So, of course, enforcing the idea of, uh, you know, people of different colors can can never really get along. Why do the ants have to be racist? I I don't know. So... And why do the Martians have to be racist? After, so basically the, uh, I guess the... Why? An insecticide weapon almost killed everybody, and then a bunch of the red ants escaped to this planet 
where they wanted Superman to help them recharge. But unfortunately, at the moment, uh, Superman is away from Earth and that tomorrow he will call him. Meanwhile, the ants decide to be hospitable. Right. So they give him uh, some fungi and aphid milk. And Jimmy's okay with it, but uh, Lucy is not. To be fair, Lucy's probably had to eat much less weird space food than I, Jimmy has. It's true. It's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jimmy's all about the weird space food. Jimmy's but probably just gotten over any squeamishness about new stuff. I would think point. so. Yes. So then there's this horrible noise the next morning, and then there are living. There are these weird white blobs devouring the Ant Men's food. And, and then they start devouring the, the Ant Men, and so they don't know what is going on. And so they give Jimmy an anti-gravity way to get themselves out of danger. And Jimmy sticks himself again. In the same spot. In the same spot. And then the drops of blood start turning into... After he zaps them again. They turn into little red blobs. And then the little red blobs go down and they start fighting the white blobs. And then they chase them into the sea? Right. Yes. They chase them into the sea, and save everybody. Save the ant dudes, and then he calls Superman. And then, he's like, holy hat, I just remembered, I could, I could have called Superman, but this, but he didn't. And, uh... One time, he forgets that he can call Superman. Superman decides, uh, Superman shows up, and she's like, he's so, Vorax tells uh, Superman, what's going on? And about the red and white creatures. And Jimmy no- seems to know what's happening, but right now he's like, I'll tell you about this later, but why don't you help out these uh, these ant people? So, so Superman helps out the ant people. Right, he's by, Superman. I guess he has uh, these power rods that he recharges with his super vibration and then they go back to their home world where I guess they will rage wage more war against the black ants I guess why do all the DC aliens have to be racist I don't know I wish I did but in uh you know in uh on Mars, it's the, uh, the I believe it is the white yeah that's what and, I was saying, yeah. why do the Martians also have to be racist I don't know they just well, I guess it just makes for better conflict. You know, nobody ever really said, "Hey, there are two guys getting along in the parking lot." So it makes for a better story, and unfortunately, we're more interested in stories than people getting along. So all the DCL. Jimmy then reveals that, in fact. So they were like, but still, what happened about what? What was with those red and white blob creatures? And you find out that the same extract that made the red and black ants also uh, worked with Jimmy's blood and made them made their corpuscles, like the red and white blood cells, grow and then fight. Because that's what they do in reality, right? That, but they don't. They don't. 
Also, if that were the case, does that mean that Jimmy just released like a crazy biohazard into the ocean? It's probably very true. By infecting it with his red and white blood cells. It didn't say that the that the uh, that the because um, the red and white dudes just like kind of ran into the ocean. Yeah, so yeah, I guess maybe they're now causing havoc under the world. So Jimmy just released a massive biohazard into the ecosystem. It certainly seems that way. All right, so the end. And Tootsie Pop. So then we have Tootsie Pop. Uh, it's the thing with there where it kind of looks like the the Earth's core, and the but the, uh, the 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 Earth's core is made of Tootsie Roll. Yep, that would be a good Tootsie Pop ad. But, like, actually make it look like the Earth. Like, make a Tootsie Pop that looks like the Earth and sell that. And advertise it as, like, an educational tool. Um, then we have Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. We have uh, Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. Uh, I don't really think that there's any real standouts here. Apparently, Batman told Jimmy that he was Bruce Wayne. No, Batman didn't tell Jimmy that he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah, what? No. Which one is that? First one. Batman does reveal a secret identity to the red-haired reporter in September. I thought he, he, he did it to Clark Kent. But, okay, so... So now Jimmy knows who Batman is. Right, he knows that Batman is actually billionaire Bruce Wayne. In a two-part story that features Brainiac and Clayface. You won't want to miss it. Clayface is a weird villain. Clayface is a weird villain. He's many, uh, and he's many different villains. Um, oh, and there's another one that says, I spotted a golf and the kid who couldn't lose. You have Wallow saying that the world's record for driving a golf ball is 450 yards by George Bear. But Tom Harnon's book of sports information gives it as 420 yards. And he says, look like Skip Willow's memory skipped a few re... re- Recalls. Anyway. Alright, so it then brings us to our last story. Also, who's expected to know the golf the world golf record off the top of their head well, on command? Somebody who knows who plays a lot of golf. Do they really just have absolutely nothing to do in the sixties? No, they had nothing to do. There was no internet. All they had to could do was memorize stats. Alright, so it then brings Sounds us boring. Brings us to our last story. Uh Back in the colorful past, Jimmy Olsen meets a youth with astonishing powers. Who is this mysterious lad? Where does he come from? Why does he hide his identity? Jimmy wonders about these things, but he himself attracts a lot of attention when he becomes the red-headed beetle of 1000 B.C. And so Jimmy's in jail. So we see Jimmy in jail in, uh, in a toga. And uh, the, we see a guy who is ripping the jail apart, saying, Stand back, Olsen, I will free you from your cell. No dungeon with bars can withstand my strength. And Jimmy says, It's mighty youth. <laughs> He's my friend here in the past, just as Superman is my pal in my own my own time era. But he won't tell me his real name. Who can he be? Well, they ever have Jimmy go back in time and not encounter one of his friends just as a diff- slightly different character? No, I don't think so. That's It's his superpower. His superpower is he's able to go back in time and find the superhero and have that superhero be his friend. So, it it's, starts. It's dumb. So we start that 
Jimmy is watching the Beatles on the TV. And he's done, and like, he's... And he's done um, his hair up in a Beatle wig. He's, like... He's like, man, those Beatles are a blast, and I always seem to enjoy their music more when I wear my personal Beatle wig. What the hell, Jimmy? When suddenly there is a knock on his door. Were they really that bored in the 60s? I think they were just so confused that the kids would go so crazy for the Beatles. They didn't understand, much in the same way that they didn't understand Can you Elvis. Tell me, beetle wigs weren't actually a thing. Oh yeah, they were totally a thing. That's so dumb. You can still find them. That's so dumb. And they wore beetle wigs. It's true. That's so dumb. So, um, as he's jamming to the Beatles, singing "I Want to Hold Your Hand," uh, there's a knock on the door. And on the knock on the door, he's like, "I'm Casimir, the police from the future, the Legion of Superheroes." Detail. Detailed you to assist me on a vital mission into the past. My bubble is waiting on the rocket. So they go back in time and they go back to 3,000 years in the past. So they get there and then you find out that this guy is not, Casimir is not, in fact, a police officer, but a criminal. Yeah, that makes more sense. Because why would the Legion of Superheroes deploy someone from, like, how many years ago? Uh, 3,000 uh, years in the future? I believe, yeah, I believe it's 3,000 years in the future. Why would they send a policeman to go to get someone from 3,000 years ago for, like, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, but also, it, but it, it is a big thing where it's like, hey, I'm going to believe anything that, and whenever somebody comes from a different time or, or, or a, um, or another world, I'm just going to believe that they are that they're inherently a good person. That's a dumb idea. And that I'm going to trust them implicitly. That's a dumb idea. So he goes back in time, and Casimir's like, I'm really a criminal from the future. I... Since I knew that you were an honorary member of... Oh, so basically, he, he, he found the bubble. It was apparently set in time to go to Jimmy and Jimmy knew how to work the time bubble but the guy did not know how to work the time bubble. So he just basically watched Jimmy and now knows how to do it so Jimmy's useless. Right. So then he tries to kill him to no avail where suddenly a guy comes out of nowhere grabs Casimir and punches him in the face. It should be noted that he does that because Casimir sets this guy's pile of wood on fire. Oh, right. Okay, yes, stranger, your weird weapon has sent a pile of my, set fire to my pile of logs. It took me all morning to cut that lumber. And so he knocks him unconscious. And Jimmy's like, Jimmy's, uh... A valid reaction. Jimmy's superhero sense is tingling. <laughs> and he's like, this guy must be a superhero. Look at him. And then he says, why the turban? <laughs> he's like, I can't tell you. And I can't tell you who my name is. Uh... Um, Who my name is? I can't tell you what my name is. Uh, more my enemies would destroy me. You can call me Mighty Youth. He couldn't come up with like a more. <laughs> it's three thousand years ago. They weren't very moniker. They weren't very inventive then. Lugs. Lugs. Slugs. I think you may remember I, that name. I do remember. Yeah. Lugs. So. There is, so he, he, you find out that uh, Mighty Youth 
has his own version of the Fortress of Solitude, where they put his uh, bubble and... Essentially, it's a temple where basically he moves the wall in order to get in. Because no one else can do that. No, yes, much like in the same way that the that nobody is... You have to basically be almost as strong as Superman to open up the uh, Fortress of Solitude. Yep. So, he's like, I... So Jimmy gets a bunch of uh, clothes and is like, I got, like, I'm stranded here. I got nothing going on. And Mighty Youth tells him that he gets him uh, a, uh, a job as a shepherd. And so he works all day and he's shepherding the sheeps. And then he's going to go and uh, and then he gets Five cents for his efforts, which in 1960s money is much more than five cents is today. Yes. Five cents is actually enough to buy, like, something, at least. Right. So he's like, man, uh, so he gets this job, and he trims all the goats, but only makes five cents, and he's like, I gotta get some money. Wait, I got an idea. And so what he does is he takes all of this scrap yarn all the scrap wool, and he makes beetle wigs. That's a bad idea. And so, here in 1000 BC... And those can't be comfortable. He... And making wigs isn't easy. So basically, because it's 3000 years ago, he decides that um, now is the time, if I just introduce these kids to the Beatles now, they will love them, and but they will love me because I will basically steal their music and predate the Beatles, and so everybody, uh, and it works. Everybody falls in love with Jimmy and the Beatles, and he falls in love with the Beatles, and they start buying beetle wigs thousands of years, I guess because, you know, no matter what the time is, Beatles, uh, children, or young, young adults and teens just can't get enough of the Beatles. Which, you know, is kind of true. The Beatles still have a lot of pull in our, modern, in our modern society. Yes, they do. I don't know how I feel about that. But, uh, so, then... Kazmir is not far behind, not far away. And he tells, he basically snitches on Jimmy. For and, stealing the wool. Right, for stealing the wool. He's like, hey, those are my, that was my wool, you stole it from me, therefore, the money you got for it is mine. All mine! Ha ha! So, and then they take him away for stealing. And then uh, the guy, and then, uh, so the guy gives him a reward but then turns Casimir into into the jail as well. Because he says that he stole his mind. Right. Essentially. So he double-crosses him in both and, and ends up in jail. So... Jimmy is in jail, grabs his goat horn thing. And he summons 
he uses it to summon mighty youth. Now, they were never agreed. No. Those were never terms that were agreed upon. It's true. He's not the only person in town with a goat horn thing. It's true. It, it, like, like, there is no... It could there, literally be anyone. There is no reason why. So... He but was, he shows up anyway. Right, he shows up anyway, busts, Jim, busts Jimmy out, and his turban falls, and his head is disguised, is shown. He, he's got the same haircut as Lord Farquaad. And so he has, like, yeah, like a Prince Valiant haircut. Also, I should note that bangs like that don't happen without a haircut. It's true. Well, I think they, I think you, they, you know, they, anyway. So, what? Um, Isn't his whole thing like he never cuts his hair? Yeah, well, maybe it's just swept back. That's what bangs look like. I don't know. Look, I don't know what to tell you. So what we but what we find out is that this guy is actually Samson. That he's Samson. Okay. But and also that they tore down the wall and then Casimir's. Have they now exhausted all of the biblical figures that they can use? There's still Noah. Yeah, but he wasn't like a Superman type dude. No. Uh, I don't know. So, um... I'm asking because I genuinely don't know what's in the Bible. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know, there are other superheroes. You know, Jesus. (laughs) But, you know, he was... He has has different powers. Um, So... In the uh, in in the breaking out of Jimmy, Casimir also breaks out. But um, so while they were passing, they passed by one shop, and somebody goes, "Mighty youth, here is your woodsman's axe. I, you left it with my father for sharpening." Is that seriously just what the people around town call him? I guess so. That's he couldn't come up with like just call me Bob. Right? Nope. Just like his hair. Bob. So he's, uh, he, so you find out that the woman who's got, who's got, who left the axe is actually Delilah. And, but this is all before that stuff happens. And, um, Jimmy is of course like, oh, that, they don't know that that girl someday will cut his hair and get his strength and make him useless. That woman. She seems pretty dang harmless now. Well, yeah. Because she probably is. Um, so. So then Casimir shows up and he's like, hmm, that gives me an idea. If that kid's Samson, then I'm going to steal these scissors while Delilah is distracted by staring at Samson walking away. Right. And so he then sneaks in. in, So he's like, I'm going to cut his hair while he's sleeping. And so he goes in. And takes off his turban, starts to cut his hair, and he's like, I can't see clearly in the dim light, but this long hair must belong to Samson. And then, out of the darkness, comes a mighty fist! Pow! Pow! This is some of the first times I've ever seen, like, that, like, illustrated noise. Yep. And it's in color. Everything else is in black and white, for the most part. Um, so, what happens is, what happened was, in the night... Jimmy slipped his beetle wig. Um, because he saw Casimir coming. Right, because he saw Casimir coming. 
And so then, suddenly without warning, Superman shows up. Right. And so um, Casimir moves, acts fast, and throws a grenade, and is, which is shaking the place apart. And so he's going to bring down the column. So much in the same way that Sup- that Samson uh, held together the temple or brought down the temple, uh, Superman is holding up the temple. Does he? I don't know. And then he puts down the supporting columns to knock down the whole city wall. And while they're there, they take the time bubble. Right. They take the time. To, they take the time bubble back, and everything is better in the end. The end. Oh, but before they go back to their regular time, Jimmy has to give one last concert as the beetle, the red-haired beetle of 1000 BC. And he says, uh, hey, he's as popular as Be- Beetle, the Be- Be- Ringo, the Beetle drummer. Who- See, if you have to say who he is. <laughs> right. Uh, you would figure that that was... Yeah. Is he really as famous as they're trying to demonstrate? I don't think so. All right. So then we have a Tootsie Roll ad where the girl is saying, I like fudge, chocolate fudge best. And the boy says, I like vanilla fudge best. But everyone likes Tootsie Roll fudge best. It's creamy, smooth, and delicious. Get some. I'm a fudge judge. I mean, clearly they don't because it's not around anymore. And it's yes, true. I heard you say that. Dad, that's not the ad. It's always that implied. We're reading right now. It's always implied. It is not. So uh, then we have uh, a, a, a little ad. That's uh, Warden Willis. And one guy says, I can't sleep. So it's happening inside a jail. And one guy is like, I can't sleep with all of that racket he's making. He's snoring, apparently. So then the other guy uh, stabs him to death. No. With a shill that he, a shiv that he's made out of a toothbrush. Father, this is a children's comic. Oh, right. So uh, the next day, the guy goes to... Warden Willis, hey, can you change my cell? And so he then says, I can't change your cell, but here's some earmuffs. Not funny. All right, then our last ad. I think this is our last ad. It is. It is all about silly putty. I like silly putty. Putty. Um, hey, you can't can really you find it anywhere? Dance higher than a su- su- bounce higher than a rubber ball. Stretch like taffy. Be shaped into animals and things. Pick up secret messages like this. It says the monsters will meet tonight. Um, at, at midnight, midnight in, in the, the old haunted, haunted house. house. It's printed backwards. Right. Because I, I forgot to read the pick up secret messages thing, and I was just like, did they just like? Did they do something wrong? So, yeah. You know about this, right? Like, that's like one of the things. Yeah, basically anything newsprint. So, I'm pretty sure you can make silly putty, much in the same way that people make slime. I think that silly putty, but silly putty was one of those things that was made by accident by military scientists. I thought it was space people. Well, space people, military scientists, they were all sort of the same thing. It's part of the space program. They've done a lot of stuff. Didn't they also come up with, like, aluminum foil or something? Tin foil was there. Was them. Yep. So that then ends uh, issue number 79 79 of Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen. I'd like to thank you all for 
joining us. Thank you. We are online at Other Pals Pod on Facebook, uh, Facebook slash Other Pals Pod, Twitter at Other Pals Pod, Instagram at Other Pals Pod, and you can email us at, at other, other Pals Pod at gmail.com. Um, thank you to the Spin Doctors for allowing us implicitly uh, by not telling us not to do it, to using their uh, their music in our theme. You tell one person one of the stories you've heard here tonight. Or today. And, you know, write a review, subscribe, do all the things. You listen to podcasts. You know what to do. Hopefully. That would be great. Um, so until, oh wait, do you have anything that you need to say? Support your local roller derby. All right. Until next time, this is Gary Rowland. This is Alvin Rowland. And we say Superman away. Away.